0: Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tahila Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your
1: hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera.
0: Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tahila Community Podcast. Thanks for listening. This is Ryan Cabrera, your co-host. I'm actually here today in Studio B, which is the... Very nice studio. There's lots of colors in this room. It's aka the sanctuary here at Bait to Heal. And I have some uh, awesome folks here with me. I have my wife Ashley. Say hi Ashley. Hi everyone. Uh, She's joined me for the podcast today which is exciting because we have two great special guests with us today. Braden and Tally Waller are here with us which we're very excited about. Thanks for being here guys.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for
0: having um, and so, obviously, you guys have a great testimony. Uh, many of the people in our community have seen the Betrothal DVD that you guys created years and years ago um, and know that you guys have an awesome uh, ministry that involves betrothal. <clears throat> but uh, I think there's people all around the world that listen to this podcast that we don't even know. Um, thanks for listening, by the way, guys. <laughs> and uh, we would love to kind of just introduce you guys, uh, you know, your ministry, and kind of go from there. And so whichever one of you guys wants to kind of, Take that part of it and just tell us, you know, who you guys are and what you're about and, and all
1: that kind of stuff. Yes, yeah, so I can start out. So I'm Braden here. We're uh, just got back from Israel about a week ago. Uh, we spent five months in Israel serving the farmers there. And my wife and I feel a real strong calling to the U.S. and to the nations, really, to bring a message of purity and making ready for the coming of our King, coming for Ye- of Yeshua. And so we're glad to share this message and really the heart of it is, is to walk in holiness and purity with the bigger picture of why we're doing it. Not just, you know, just because it's a set of rules that we want to, you know, a creed that we're following, but we want to, our encouragement to the body is to say, there's a bigger picture that we're looking at. You know, the broader marriage supper of the Lamb, that's, that's our hearts.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, it's an awesome time that we live in and we feel like, uh, this generation, um, there's a special anointing or calling on this generation to make ready uh, for the the way of the Lord, and so we see that in so many ways that God is moving in the earth, um, doing things uh, in the earth today that we haven't seen for years and years. And so we see, you know, the nations, the Gentiles, they're they're now embracing Torah and loving loving the law of God. We see that that's new, you know, over the past, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, recent time and and uh, and we see Israel being established uh, again, being reestablished in the land. Uh, we see uh, vineyards being planted on the mountains of Samaria, which is what we do as Hayyavel. We go over and help the farmers that are that are doing that work, that are bringing the land back to life. Um, and then uh, we feel like this betrothal picture is as another piece of that, of God, um, the spirit of Elijah doing a work on this earth uh, to make us ready for the coming of Yeshua. And so um, as we share our testimony, that's our heart, is to grow in excitement and understanding of the time that we live in and um, and and encourage people to embrace it and engage in in what God's doing on this earth and not just, you know, the world would have everyone just lulled to sleep watching T V programs and playing video games and that's you know, that's the temptation we face here is being lulled to sleep or awaking and engaging in, in what's going on and what God's doing in the earth.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt that uh, we're the, the culture, you know, that we're at a, an ultimate battle with the culture. And it's, um, you know, what can seem benign is not really benign. They're really really what it is is just lulling us to sleep, as you put it. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people hear the word betrothal, and they're like, I may have heard the word betrothal. It sounds like something from the Middle Ages and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but uh, I want to uh, esteem to everyone who's listening that Beit Tahila uh, is for betrothal. We support betrothal. We believe in betrothal. We believe in the betrothal process. Uh, and we believe in it, not be ju- just because Beit Tehillah feels like it's a good idea, but because we believe that it is a picture of the bride and Messiah. And so this is what God says in Hosea chapter 2, verse 19. He says, and I will betroth you, I will betroth thee unto me forever, yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercies. I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness, and thou shalt know the Lord and so right here we have a picture that you get betrothed and you know the Lord, that connection between those two things and so uh, obviously, you guys have lived this, and so hearing your testimony uh, greatly encouraged me. So I would love if you guys could, uh, you know, as quickly or as uh, long-winded as you feel like, give us kind of an idea of the testimony that you guys have for betrothal, and then, you know, I think that people will be able to hear and understand why you're so for betrothal as a, as a, a thing for, for the world and for the nation uh, and for the nations coming out, uh, you know, towards Israel and, and aligning themselves with the Jewish people and, and Israel itself.
1: Yes, I think jumping off the whole idea you say there, you know, about knowing God, the patrol is a picture of that. You know, we see God reveals himself in different ways, you know, with the family model. You know, you have like the father, he's like our father, we're his children. We're part of the flock, we're part of the army of God, we're part of all these different things. But the bride and the bridegroom is really the closest, most intimate relationship that, you know, that's in this life. It's the end times, it's the end times yeah. Yeah, it's the thing that Yeshua says, uh, you know, the spirit and the bride will cry, come. So there's going to be this special revelation that's poured out on the end time body of Messiah of, you know, this revelation that he's a bridegroom. He's, he's one that longs to be in covenant with us. And that's going to, I believe, awaken our hearts in the face of a lot of distractions. You know, there's a lot of distractions in our world, but the strongest thing that's going to be able to bring God's people away from those is the revelation of how much we're loved, how much we're desired. And He desires us as a bridegroom loves His bride, you know. And so, just I think that revelation is going to be poured out in a greater measure, and we're going to be that bride crying, "We want You to come, Yeshua. We're longing for You." And that's going to be an increasing revelation, I believe. It's going to be poured out.
2: Yeah, I think uh, for us, you know, we've uh, a lot of people are looking for like some sort of method or like you know steps to success or something like that, and uh, we're not really um, trying to promote any sort of a method or anything like that. Um, however, uh, what we do want to promote is is seeking the heart of God. <laughs> what is you know, what is his heart? How can we draw near to him? and uh, and so betrothal was a, a really big, it spoke to us as we walked through this whole picture. Um, God revealed so much of His heart to us that even you know, years looking back at it, um, still just getting new revelation of of God's heart for His people. And so it's been um, it's been an amazing journey. And uh, you know, I don't know if you want us to kind of talk a little bit about what betrothal is, or have you? T-
0: Absolutely, <laughs> please.
2: Uh, yeah so we had recently we were at a place and they were asking well what's the you know what's the big difference because you've got you know the the model out there is courtship we can call it courtship and or dating or whatever um, and there you've got engagement right within this model you have engagement where there's a commitment. And then there's a wedding. You know, you get ready for the the wedding within that engagement period. And uh, with betrothal, there it's more of a let your yes be yes, let your no be no. Um, there's a commitment that's made that is then followed by, and you know, the time frame is looks different. You know, and everyone has to be led by the spirit as far as how it goes. But uh, let your yes be yes, and let your no be no. You both say yes, so you, uh, so what you both do is you come into covenant then. you, um, And so that's what the betrothal is, is a time where um, as a husband and wife, you say yes to each other. You say yes to God. Uh, we're coming uh, together uh, in covenant. And instead of a engagement season where the commitment is in varying levels, it's um, it's a covenant, which means the heavens look at you as one. Uh, the heavens look at this couple as one, um, and so there's something that develops within that within that state of covenant friendship, covenant love. That is is uh, it, there's something so big about it. And and I feel like that's what we've been missing for so many years. Um, we haven't tasted it as humans in our physical marriages here, and so because of that, the spiritual picture has been lacking. But um, it, within this this picture of of betrothal, the longing is so in, intense, and the uh, the desire to reach the the moment of completion of like the fullness of oneness is so intense uh, that. That it's just, it's something that I feel like God wants us to understand that because that's the kind of longing that we should have with our covenant, our bridegroom, our heavenly bridegroom that we've entered into covenant with. And so, you know, I think of Yeshua's prayer, how he's praying, God, make them one with you as I am one with you. And he's talking about this oneness and, and it's all within the context of covenant, of we've both engaged in this covenant relationship. And so this, this longing needs to build so, so that we can get to the wedding and, and see, you know, the, the fullness of it.
0: So just listening to you say this, I would say that the, the fleshly American male in me hears commitment, uh and i think that when the average person hears commitment they shy away from it um especially commitment without knowledge or commitment without understanding right making that commitment in ignorance um of of some sort meaning uh i think that when like when i talk to the young people at bait tahila if i were to say the one thing that they say or they don't like or, or they shy away from and maybe not just basically maybe anywhere in the church about betrothal is the fact that you know you don't really get to know the person quote-unquote mm-hmm. before you get betrothed and make this this commitment mm-hmm. and um commitment with accountability mm-hmm. commitment with accountability it's not just commitment right it's commitment <laughs> it's in front of big, all yeah. of your peers and your elders yes. right to say, I'm, I am going to do this, meaning let my yes be yes and my no be no. Mm-hmm. And so we're really fighting upstream against the culture at this point, mm-hmm. uh, right there. And so I think a couple of the things that um, I think are important to say is number one, betrothal is not necessarily arranged marriage. Would you agree with that? Right. Okay, <laughs> so betrothal is not arranged marriage. We can get that out of the way. <laughs>
2: yeah. However, Braden's dad always says, "I don't know why people are so offended at arranged marriages. I'm much more offended at dating. <laughs> you know, it, 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 yes. That's a
0: paradigm shift for most people. But right. I think it's. it's an, I think for. I think." For one of the things when you say, "Well, I get, I make this commitment without knowledge," quote unquote, is that maybe there's an element of taking away somebody's free will. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. in that, in no way, shape, or form, is what I think that we're supporting here. Uh, and I know that's not what and you get. It's not the picture, right? Because we all, we
2: all <laughs> this all is a picture of God mm-hmm. and His right, people, right? right? And we aren't in this forced, you know, no. relationship with Him. It's a, yeah. it's a choice. It's a choosing that we make. And so we want to reflect that in our in our relationships here. <laughs> yeah, You know
0: what? I, I was looking for the way to articulate it, and that's exactly that's right. That's, that's the perfect way to articulate <laughs> it because, you know, God has a plan for us, and our job is to trust him mm-hmm. and his mm-hmm. process. And if he's our spiritual father, mm-hmm. then we have a father, and in your case was Tommy Waller, right? And... Mm-hmm. Um, that should be the person that we are trusting and depending on to help walk us through this process. And so I know that you guys have mentioned that your parents are both in this process. Um, If you would give a little bit of just to help me understand, how does that process work? How, I mean, obviously, you know of each other, you know each other, you've had some form of relationship with each other prior to getting betrothed, but not a more than casual friendship relationship, right? So what is the clear distinction from the dating world where you get to know somebody by taking them out on dates and spending time with each other. So on, you know, quote unquote, trying it on, you know, versus the betrothal model. Um, because like here, you know, our, it's not like our kids are getting betrothed to people that are across the world. You know, they're not getting betrothed to somebody in another state. Mm-hmm. They're getting betrothed to somebody that's a lot of times here in the congregation or somebody here locally, they're going to interact with these people. And so where, where are the lines that you, know, you guys see uh, are healthy You know, and and I know that some of this is the Holy Spirit guiding people. Some of this is, and so people who are listening, there's no hard and fast rules here, right? We're just giving some guidance based on your experience, what you guys
1: have seen has worked in y'all's community and whatnot. Yeah, it's a pretty hot topic as far as, you know, we start putting, trying to put some kind of framework on it, you know, like what every community is going to have a little different uh, viewpoint on it. Uh, The world has taken a very loose like they would say well you don't you don't know each other they haven't lived with each other yet you know so like that's the world's version of knowing each other like you have to you know live with each other for a couple years to see if you're going to be compatible but we know that that's not biblical at all yeah. <laughs> uh so so what is the proper it's also not working. yeah it doesn't work real well either statistically <laughs> mm-hmm. uh so as far as tally and i we knew each other pretty well i would say but it's you know it's like we i would say on a certain level we knew our each other's families uh, and we, we also knew each other's testimonies, I would say. That's the biggest thing I would say, mm-hmm. knowing someone's testimony. We've heard stories where people, you know, got betrothed and didn't really know the other person's testimony and didn't know the family very well. Yeah, the person didn't have accountability. Huge, yeah. Whereas Tally and I both came from families that knew us well. We'd walked together for years. And so there's, yeah, there's a certain level of trust that's developed in that, I believe. And that's, I would really encourage that, you know, if you're looking at wanting to embrace this model to have you know, know the person to that level, you know, that they, you know, their testimony, you know, that they are, you yeah, know, seeking want. God, that they're not just putting on a facade Correct. because Correct. with this model, you can get away with that to some degree. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. you know, you can just look a certain way on the outside, but be totally different. So right. I would really encourage, you know, having, uh, knowing the person's testimony, you know, that's so important. Mm-hmm. And, 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 on a real, on a broad level, broad sweep, I would say, uh, kissing, absolutely not. Yeah. You know, we didn't do any kissing uh, before. We, uh, I don't even, Yeah, we kissed for the first time at our the at the wedding. Yeah, yeah. We, touched so the we touched for the first time at our betrothal. Yeah, and yeah. That, that was well worth it. It's like it so electric. My, <laughs> I, never, <laughs> I never knew what it, what that could be like. But my, so yeah, no kissing. And then also uh, a baseline uh, okay. uh, commitment, I would say, is not being alone with another uh, woman, another woman for me uh, before you know tally. So that's, that, that would be no kissing and no alone time. is basic, you know, as far as knowing someone. Uh, that would be the basic rule that I would give as far as, and that's what my parents told me. You know, that's, it, save yourself. My dad actually used to say, he said, Brayden, if you knew that your future wife was with somebody else right now, how would that make you feel? You know, if, she, if you saw, you know, if you knew that she was, you know, hanging out with somebody, kissing her. So. Uh, and uh, we, all of us guys said, well, we wouldn't really like that. You know, we, we'd like her <laughs> just to be for us. You know? <laughs> so so he, my dad said, well, you should do the same you should, you know, you should treat her. With that's that, very right? good fatherly advice. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, well, you know, it, to to that his makes
2: such a big difference. Yeah.
0: Well, and to his, uh, you know, esteem. Right. I mean, that, there's not a lot of dads saying that to their mm-hmm. sons. You know, um, it's, it, it's just not something that's being said. It's not really the popular thing. You know, mm-hmm. um, and you know that it's cool because you also had brothers. You know, that are involved with that too. I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a cool. Cool testimony. Um, one of the other things uh, that you guys mentioned is I appreciate you laying some basics there. I think that those are, are super basic. You know, one of the cool things that you said today mm-hmm. was about the heart, right? Mm-hmm. That it's not exciting. I don't remember how you put it to so I'm going to let you uh, yeah. express it. Um, but just exciting the heart of, of young ladies, that the young men that are out there, mm-hmm. you know, there's, um, you know, the culture would have us try to get every single girl's heart that we possibly can. You know, and the culture would have us uh, you know, lining them up and look how great I am as if it's a trophy, uh-huh. right? And, and really uh, uh, a girl and a woman's heart is to be treasured. Mm-hmm. And so it's a whole different ball game when you, when you think of it from a biblical perspective and from what, the way God sees it. Mm-hmm. And then when you realize that that's her heavenly father, and that ultimately, if you marry her, that he's your father-in-law, you know, I mean, you, you know, at the end of the day, it's God who's your father-in-law. So that's a, a different story uh, altogether. And then there's a whole another level of accountability, You're not just afraid of an earthly dad, you know, because sometimes these girls, maybe they don't have an earthly dad that's around, you know. Right. Um, and so really, if you look at it from that perspective that, you know, that's her, her dad. And you get that, But anyways, I, I, I kind of liked the idea that you guys had about keeping relationships uh, at a certain distance. Because you don't want to just go on because you can not be physical, you cannot kiss, you can not touch, you can not be alone, and yet still Stir up, be stirring scripture. up emotions in people exactly. and you doing wanna... it purposefully.
2: Yeah. So yeah, the um you know, was, was, there's so many books out on, you know, dating, Christian dating, how to do it right and stuff. And so, you know, I always like to point out this one scripture that for me just really sums it all up and it's in the Song of Solomons and it's um it's mentioned three times. And it's a charge that's given to the young ladies, and it says, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, do not awaken or stir up love until it's due time. And so that's one time. And, um, you know, this is God, the creator of the universe, is putting this in his word. um, And he knows how we work. And he said that our heart is meant to be awakened in love once. And that's the way that we work good. Uh, we don't work good outside of that. That's where we end up with a lot of brokenness, rejection, um, heartaches, all kinds of things that then need healing from. You know? it's, it just it doesn't, it doesn't work good. And so um, if we as a community um, of believers could um, have this be the theme of how our relationships, of how we make our relationships, then um, we, we would find ourselves in, in a much safer place, in a much safer environment. And so, uh, you know, the the world uh, looks at relationships and says it's no big deal, you know, and, and even Christianity puts out stuff, you know, everyone goes through the heartache of breakups and blah, blah, blah. And they, you know, how do you get over it or how do you receive love from God afterwards or whatever, which, which all of those things are, you know, it's, it is what it is. Um, we've all, you know messed up in our in our places, uh, in, you know, in different places and stuff. But uh, the goal, though, as a community of believers in God should be, let's protect from this. Like, let's say that this is a big deal. Like, let's say we want to protect this picture, this picture of marriage, which God gave us on this earth to point to him. We want to protect it and keep it safe. And so as women, we want to protect our hearts. And, you know, we're the only ones uh, that know our own hearts, you know? And so it's going to look different for, uh, it's going to look different for everyone, right? Because, you know, something that might stir up my love might be different for someone else. And so it's a, it's a very, you know, it's a very different thing. And so why it's so hard to make like guidelines and rules and stuff because, uh, because it's just, it's different for everyone. And so, uh, for me as a, um, as people of, Asked me of as far as like, well, what does that look like? You know, what kind of, you know, standard do you set and stuff? Like, I've always really encouraged people that are, you know, doing youth groups or in part of community situations like this, uh, here is, um, I think it's good to say, okay, Brayden and I are married now, right? I'm not going to be texting with another guy. I'm not going to be sitting on another guy's lap. I'm not going to be going and hanging out with a bunch of guys somewhere. Like that's just, you know, it would be crazy. I mean, to do that, right? Well, let's just assume that you're married and that your husband is out there and act in the way that would be pleasing to to your husband that's out there. And like I said, you're the one that knows what's going on in your heart. So if you're putting yourself in situations where your love is on, you know, there's a temptation for your love to be stirred up or certain people that you struggle with, be honest about with yourself about what's going on with your heart, and and remove yourself from situations that are going to be temp- tempting and and difficult, and be honest. Accountability is huge, and that's you know what Brayden was talking about. To me, that's the biggest thing. Um, having a, a people that you are walking with that are that you're being accountable with that know what you're going through, that know your testimony, that that are walking with you on a on a regular basis is uh, is so important.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know, it's it's interesting. I, I hear you speaking that from a, a young lady's perspective. Mm-hmm. However, I think it's important to hear it from a a, a a man or a young man's perspective because those things, I think, are told and they're understood that girls are supposed to do X, Y, Z. And, every, and I think a lot of the pressure is put on young ladies. Mm-hmm. But the pressure doesn't have to be on young ladies because the pressure can be alleviated if young men are walking in their role in the way that they're
1: supposed to. And I don't know if you have any insight on that or yeah, I know for my brothers and I, so I'm the oldest of 11 children, and uh, first five are boys. So we had, you know, a, kind of a core of guys growing up. And the biggest thing I saw, uh, the biggest uh, benefit I saw as brothers walking together was actually taking time every day. We started when I was probably about 17 years old, I believe it was, uh, praying every night together. And just praying together, the, the devil hates prayer because it's, it's, really, it's really disarming for him. Uh, you know, it kind of takes away his jab, you know, <laughs> you know, by the shield of faith. We're holding up the shield of faith mm-hmm. that's able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Mm-hmm. So it's by praying that we engage our faith and are able to see the enemy defeated because the enemy so desires what I've seen over and over again, likes to, for young men especially, to think that they're alone in the battle for purity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but as brothers, we're able to be really honest with each other. Say, Guys, I'm struggling with my thoughts. I'm struggling, you know, with this, you know, maybe a certain person. And, and be able to uh, pray together and seek God for, and, you know, and just walking, walking in the light. First John says, walk in the light as he is in the light. Then you'll have fellowship with each other. You know, it's, it's in the context of walking openly and not for things to be put in the dark, you know, with these secret sins. I remember uh, being at a prayer meeting and this older man, a revivalist, uh, you know, he had a real fiery heart for God. He said, God, reveal the secret sins. Mm-hmm. And that just hit me in the heart, you know, just straight in the heart. And I realized that it's those secret sins a lot of times that dampen our walk with God. And as Yeshua said, he said, the love of many is going to grow cold because of lawlessness. Mm -hmm. That's what we're seeing in our world today. A fulfillment of what he said, people are growing lawless. They're growing, you know, all these secret sins are actually coming out. now. You know, they've been in secret for years, maybe, but now they're coming out and people are walking in open lawlessness. And the only way you walk in that is by your love. Just getting cold is ice. And so, my encouragement to, you know, there's only so much you can do practically, but, you know, spiritually, yeah, yeah, there's practical steps to take for sure, but spiritually is the most important, you know, be praying together with other brothers and keep yourself pure. It's uh, it's such a reward in it. Yeshua said blessed, or you could also translate as happy. And I like to encourage young guys to, you know, embrace a lifestyle of purity because you'll be happy, happier the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And it's like, God, he knows you inside and out. He knows what's going to make you the happiest. He knows what's going to be the best for your life. Pursue that. Anything else is going to just, you know, end up destroying your life. You know, we see a lot of marriages destroyed, a lot of families destroyed because guys are not walking in purity. And so I just, you know, just give a call really for guys walk in purity. This is where you're going to find the most fulfillment, the most joy in your life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, many of the people listening, uh, you know, probably, especially the men have struggled in that area, mm-hmm. um, because it's uh, it's it's low-hanging fruit for the enemy, because it's such a, a, a hot topic, and the culture has already done so much uh, damage in this area, that really, you know, how does one walk in purity? And, and the answer is, or how does one have a pure heart, you know, if mm-hmm. they've already kind of been through something? I think the answer is through Yeshua. Mm-hmm. But Bringing it to the light first, you have to bring it to the light. You have to get with other brothers, and uh, I think this is a, uh, something that 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 accountability is is key. Having brothers that you can go to, that you can have that accountability with, is it's is the only real way that as iron sharpens iron, right? So one man sharpens another. Right. Um, that you can kind of walk with that that pure heart and and receive it from God because God's the one that gives it to you. You don't you don't have a pure heart on your own, right? God gives you the pure heart, right. and so you have to first get real with God. And then God gives you that real
1: pure heart. Right. So you know, it seems like David said, create in me a clean heart. It's amen. like, you need to create it in me. That's right. <laughs> and that's, that's the prayer we need to be praying. Amen,
0: amen. Mm-hmm. Um, so awesome testimony you guys have. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I know that we have limited time today. Uh, what I want to get from you guys is I know that uh, people can sign up for the High L. By the way, this are Braden Talley-Waller from Hiavel Ministries. Um, that, you know, full of the whole Waller family. I've, you guys have heard, uh, if you're listening here, that we've had uh, a podcast with Zach Waller in the past. Um, this is Zach's older brother, so, and uh, and his w- lovely wife. Um, I guess I didn't really do that in the beginning. Nice introduction for you guys. But, um, you know, they've got lots of cool stuff. You guys can go to com. That's H-A-Y-O-V-E-L.com. Are there any other websites that people should visit to see any of y'all's stuff, or it's all there? Okay, it's all there. So if you guys want to see Braden Talley's stuff on Betrothal as well, you can see that stuff on the website at Uh Also, I encourage you guys to sign up for their emails because if you want to stay in touch with where they're going, what they're doing, if you ever want to see them in person and any of the things that they go to, schedules, uh, And things like that are always put out through their emails. If you want to keep up with what's going on, they put out a lot of videos. They have an awesome tech crew over there. Whoever's doing your videos and stuff are doing a great job. Their music is awesome. Um, Just a very multifaceted, multi-talented group of people that you guys have over there. What a blessing that y'all's ministry is. Um, Any parting words that you guys have
1: for Bay Dealer Congregation? Anybody listening? Anyone out there interested in learning Hebrew, we've got Hebrew classes coming out the 2nd of December. And so God is restoring the Hebrew language. And if you want to be a part of that, we'd love to have you. We do online lessons as well. Uh, but, yeah, we'd love to. Yeah, the information is on the website.
0: Awesome. So you can go to Hayovel again. Hayovel, which means the Jubilee in English. But it's in Hebrew, it's Hayovel, which is dot com. And so visit that website. You guys can hear from them. Obviously, you guys can uh, see our services live streamed every week at twopraise.net. You can reach out to us at the office here at 813-654-2222. And you can always reach out to me by email at ryan, R-Y-A-N, at twopraise.net. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.